Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste. Meditation is often called the opening of the third eye, but it's not always clear what is meant by the third eye. It's not simply some organ, vestigial organ that lives in the forehead, or even the pineal gland that we talk about. That's actually a secondary phenomenon. And to understand it clearly, we have to know that the I, Oho, is really the I, Yo. The first I is the what is often called the I of the statement. This is Lacan's term. The I of the signifier, the I that's chattering, the monkey mind, the I that you think you are. <clears throat> the I that identifies the word I with a physical organism. And an agency that moves through space and time in a linear way. That I is the illusory I that we must learn to disidentify from. And as we analyze it more and more deeply in our spiritual journey, we realize that it's really a, a patchwork of identifications and fixations that we took in in childhood and created a little doll. And all the words that come to the mind of the first eye are simply conditionings that are used to fulfill an agenda that that eye doesn't even understand. And that that eye is manipulated by a second eye, the one behind the scenes, you know, the Wizard of Oz, the little guy, not the big voice out in front, but the guy behind the scenes who manipulates, who sends the words up into your mind and you feel, ah, this is what I'm thinking, when in fact it was a game in order to fulfill agendas that the first eye isn't aware of and therefore has plausible deniability. And so the first eye doesn't even know what it means by what it says. And the second eye, the eye of the enunciation of the statement, is an eye that's often an entity that is frozen in time, that may actually be a child a self that you were long ago, that refuses to dissolve, that runs the show in order to gain power that it didn't have in childhood, or sensory gratification that it didn't have, so that it knows that it's loved, it wants to be an object of the desire of the other, or it wants to destroy another, to devastate it, to break its heart. There are many different agendas that the second eye has, but the second eye in general is anti-love because it was created as a defense mechanism responding to an environment that was not unconditionally loving.
And that second eye may be very confused. It may not even know, is it male or female? Or even if it is alive or dead, it's kind of a ghost. And until that ghost is flushed out from its hiding place, it can't be dissolved. And the illusion of its existence gets perpetuated through the activities of the first eye that unbeknownst to the first eye, the conscious mind, get projected out into the world so that this ghost appears often in the form of an other who gets angry and judgmental, etc. And one is victimized by that other, but all along one has actually created that other. And so one has the enjoyment of being the puppeteer. Many things go on. with the second eye that the first eye doesn't know about and it wonders why do I constantly get into situations where I'm suffering and I'm vexed but it's because the second eye enjoys the suffering it enjoys the the vexation and even the self-defeat that it brings about in one's life and to get beyond this suffering you can't simply analyze that eye. This is the mistake that psychoanalysis makes. It thinks that, that thinks that the first eye can analyze the second eye, but it can't because the first eye is always the puppet of the second eye. So you, you can have the most brilliant psychoanalytic interpretation from uh, you know Freud himself in a session, and it won't help because you'll, the first eye will forget it as soon as you walk out of the session because the second eye controls what thoughts you're allowed to retain and to develop. And so somehow it keeps slipping away, doesn't it? The truth keeps falling away, even though you're told it very directly, consistently, and yet, ah, oh, I forgot. And you're back in the old patterns again and again. Because the first eye is an illusion. And the second eye is a ghost. And so the salvation only comes when we surrender to the third eye. And the third eye, fortunately, is the eye of Shiva. It is the eye of God within, the eye of pure awareness, that is the eye of love, the eye of the unborn and eternal, real self. And if we turn inward, at least the first eye, and surrender to God, then we flush out the resistance of the second eye. And gradually there becomes an integration as we recognize that the third eye indeed outranks the second. The first may not, but if the first surrenders to the third, then the second has no way to maintain its hegemony. It has colonized your mind. And only when the rightful owner of the mind, which is God, is allied with the conscious mind, can all of those vexations and unconscious agendas be finally overruled by divine will. And so that's why it's so important what St. Paul said, that it's not I now, but Christ that liveth in me. Whether we say Christ or our Buddha nature or Shiva, it's irrelevant, or Allah. Any final term for that supreme reality that is the ultimate core of our being will work because it's that which is beyond any name or form. And we can only point to it, but we can't reach it with language. We can only reach it by surrendering the mind itself. We can surrender the chattering first eye to God. That's what we're doing in meditation. And so if you're sitting there 
trying to meditate, but the mind is chattering and won't shut up, it means you are resisting God. You're refusing to surrender to the only God that is real for each of us, which is the God within, not a God of some belief system out there, but the God that is the very life of our being. And when we surrender through the act of silence, then the power of love will overcome this anti-life and anti-love force that lies within the soul and that has been the cause of all the karma and the bondage to the wheel of reincarnation, life after life, digging deeper into the hole of suffering and we can be liberated. And in that liberation there's the realization that all along I have been the eye of Shiva. I am that. There is no separation. And all that I thought I was is only an illusion, a dream created by the very power of consciousness itself. But it is Maya. And now as we come out of Maya and return to God, we have the power then to allow that love to transform Maya itself, not just on an individual level, but the level of the cosmos. And so that's what we're doing in meditation. By liberating ourselves of our own ghostly ego, we can liberate that ghost that has put the whole world into a trance of destructiveness into the freedom of recreating a world that is harmonious and loving and beautiful. And that act of liberating not just the individual but the maya that exists in the collective sphere is the undoing of the karmic bondage and burden that all of us carry from many, many past lives because all of us here are very old souls. And when we open up the third eye, then the wisdom and the love and the light and the healing power that flows through these instruments, these minds and bodies, is infinite and unlimited. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org. Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website. We thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world. Namaste.